Well, hello and welcome back to this episode of Live Exposed. I'm Reggie Brock and today is an amazing opportunity for me and it will be for you as well because I met this guest gentleman uh, who's our guest today about a month or two ago in a, uh, in a, at a roofing event at his actual place and uh, I was just, I'm very rarely uh, captivated by people so that I'm don't know what to say next. <laughs> and so I was sitting there listening to him as we were on a round, uh, round table together, as well as just, you know, um, him taking us through his business and what he was doing and how he was doing it. I was so impressed. I was like, man, you got to be on my podcast with me. I want people to hear your story, hear from your heart, and hopefully help them um, build out their lives and businesses in, in, in an even more powerful way. And so um, I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Jason Reisman. He is with Eustace Roofing in Houston, Florida. How are you today, buddy? Good, man. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, it was, it was a real honor for me to join Patrick and Matt Mulholland and Michael Stearns uh, and those guys uh, at your office uh, not long ago and just to see how you're doing what you're doing is impressive but I'm not here today to talk about roofing and I know you're okay with that I'm here today to talk about what caused me to pause in conversations that I was having to you because I was impressed and wanted to know more it looks to me Jason like you've put a lot of focus and I really detected early on in our conversations that your business is as much about people as roofing and probably more about people than roofing. And so I want you to talk a little bit about that today because I think it's a wonderful foundation that you've laid. I think people are attracted to the environment that you've built. And it just seems like you're doing things from a people perspective that prioritizes their lives even above your processes. And so I don't know how accurate that is, but that was my perception. Yeah, it's, to me, it's all about people. Like, that's the number one thing is the people. Like, the roofing is great. Like, we can train people to be great roofers. But the people, and I noticed there was a big gap in the people that are putting the roof on. Like, everybody talks about people and how they treat their sales and how they do all of those people, but not the people that actually install the roof. And so, um, I... I invest in all people, but those people right away, I knew there was something missing there. And uh, that's how we built this company. It was from the people that put the nails in the shingle. Yeah. So for our audience, why don't you take just a minute, give us a little bit about your background, kind of where you came from, how you got where you're at, and a little bit about the business. Yeah. So I grew up in roofing. A lot of people don't know that. I used to carry the hot tar up the ladder. Um, my father took over the roofing company when he was my age. Um, he was just a grounds guy, worked his way up. Um, and then I was, uh, I was in NASCAR. I worked in racing for a long time. And um, I worked in NASCAR for probably 10 years um, for many different teams, many different positions. And in NASCAR is where I really learned some of the marketing, the teamwork, um, things that really worked well. NASCAR is very good at it. And I also worked for like a ton of really good people and some people that weren't so good. And so I got to learn, you know, sometimes you never know like why am I in this position right now? Like, why am I working for this guy that's treating me like this? Like, why am I still here? And now today I can tell why, because I, able, I was able to learn from him 
to not do this to the people who work for me. So it was a learning thing for me. And so now in the position that I'm in, I can pick and choose how I want to treat the people that work with me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it was really good for me to understand that. And I think people need to know that wherever you're at in your life, that could be a building block. No matter how bad it is, you could really use that one day, that what you learn from that situation. So I'm a NASCAR nerd, so I apologize for that. You know, I lived in Alabama for many years and Talladega was a big yeah. track. And I didn't ever, I went to it, but I went by it on that Sunday and it was always jam packed. What were your real learn and takeaways from your experience at NASCAR? Um, a lot of it was teamwork. Um, it, it was, um, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I, I worked for two different crew chiefs and they both were great people. Um, and one of the crew chiefs was super, super smart, but he couldn't connect with people. The other crew chief might have not been as quick and as smart, but he was a people person. And in the end of the day, the crew chief that was a people person won more races because he had better people working for him. He had a team of great people. And man, that was just mind-blowing for me to watch this guy that was super smart struggle because he couldn't get good people because he ran them off because he was intense and he, he didn't have those people skills. And right away I learned like, okay, which guy do I want to be if I was ever a leader? The guy that was a people person, if he just looked at me the wrong way, I was like, oh my God, he's not happy with me. The other crew chief, he would scream and yell and you'd want to scream and yell back. And so right away I started to learn who I wanted to be as, as a leader when I had my opportunity. So um, you talked about teamwork. Talk a little bit more about that, what you learned there, how, how that all fit together and taught you to be more equipped for running the business you're running today. Because, I mean, you didn't well, always have the high-level jobs on the teams, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm sure you had some, uh, you know, other tasks that put you on the car, so to speak. So how did, what did you learn? What did you take from that that you're using today? Well, honestly, it's a real struggle for the guy at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, I got to, to be there and learn the struggles of that and how that works and you know, the only thing that would keep you going is the people above you or in other positions that were encouraging you, right? And what I learned was there wasn't teamwork at first and, and someone was really hard on me and, and it was, I wasn't able to do the things that I've always been able to do, like just because of the environment that I was in. Like simple skills that I had before I came in, I would struggle because I would question myself because this guy wasn't helping me, wasn't leading me, wasn't encouraging me. And so I started to learn right away that teamwork was super important because other people on the team were, and then I gravitated to that area and was able to succeed. But I think um, really like helping each person in the area that they're good at and then encouraging them was something that was huge uh, that I learned in the team part of it. But each person had a job and a specific job and they were really good at that job and together we could move mountains. Like it, when I first got into the team, I wanted to do every job and the crew chief had to be like, no, no, no. I want you right here on this area. When you do really well at that, then we'll go to the next area. And he moved me all the way around until I did every job. And then I became the leader of that group of guys. But what was cool is you would focus on one specific and then we would come together and then we would conquer. And I. It was just a really cool experience 
to, to see it in that different. And we were prepared for everything. Like anything that could go wrong, we had a plan, we had a setup, we had something ready for that. And that's one of the things that we did here in, in my business is we have a plan, we have a setup, we're ready for whatever's thrown at us. Who's going to do that job, how they're going to do that job, and how together we'll come together at the end and accomplish that. So that's interesting to me that you you prepared for unexpected things, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, All the time. I yeah, I don't find people doing that a lot. They like live in the moment for the moment and they're just not really prepared for even minimal changes that come along. And so I think frustration sets in and, you know, there's, there's, I, I think that's just an interesting concept that you guys thought before and planned for things you weren't planning for and were prepared for it. Yeah, we're, and we're doing that right now um, within our company. Like we're preparing and we're planning. And you know one of the cool things about that? If you can have that mindset and then you get your team involved, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to have a hundred different ways that are better than what you're thinking. So right now in our industry, we're saying, I'm, I'm, like today, we just had a meeting. Hey guys, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I think the direction of this industry is going. How can we, you know, what's your thoughts? When I left there, I pretty much wiped out everything I was thinking and took on this whole new meaning of what they had in mind as a group, as a team. And I think we've got something that'll, that'll really propel us in our industry, in our area, um, but really including the people that are around you. You know, I think one of the things I saw the other day, you can have, like sometimes you don't even know who the leader is of a group because that group is so strong that everybody is, you know, when they approach a situation, it's kind of hard to pick out the leader because they're such a strong group. And I feel like that's where we're at today. But a great leader needs to listen to the people that are with them because ultimately most of the people who work for me are smarter than me. Like they're in their particular area they're really good at. I'm just a people person. Like I can bring people together and build a team, but each person has their skill and what they're good at and they contribute that to the team. And that's what I learned in NASCAR. So let me ask you this. Are you telling us that the crew chief actually listened to a tire changer? <laughs> so I'll tell you this. I'll tell you that the crew chief let him do his thing. Like he knew that he was good at it and that was his thing. He, he knew that that tire changer was way better at that job and he would give him like, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? But ultimately he, he can't do what that tire changer could do. And I know that with my guys. I know that I can't do some of those jobs that they're doing as well as they are so I'm going to have to trust some of their input. So whether it's race day and people are trying to have the same collective goal and that's crossing that, that line first and winning that checkered flag, or whether it's in a business setting, it's really important to define roles and allow people to function and that somebody's got to lead. Ultimately, there is a leader that's responsible, but being able to have a healthy organization that moves together requires individuals getting on the same page, right? And kind of following the lead, doing their job and helping where needed. Yeah, and you've got to give them room to do their job. And that's one of the things, like I work with a bunch of different companies and um, typically these some of these other companies, smaller companies are so micro and they won't give those tasks off and, and then let that person do that job. Like give them full authority. Hey, this is the direction we're going to go. Sometimes those people are going to fail a little bit, but they learn from it and they grow from it and they build from it. And so we see that a lot. Like, you know, one of the things that we've grown so much is because if I give you a job to do, I'm going to, you know, we're going to set some limits there, but I'm going to let you do that job. I'm not going to be over top of you all day long 
Uh, unless we're running into some issues and some complaints, then we're going to sit down and, and go through that. But you got to let them do it too. And that's the thing about NASCAR. That tire changer, hey, go do your job. That's your job. Yeah. If the time isn't good, then say, hey, guys, we got to get better on this time. Here's what we can do. But like in our industry where I'm at, like this is the job I set up for you. You know, go ahead and do that job. I'm not going to stand over you the entire time. Now, if the results aren't there, then we can we can sit down and find a better way. Yeah. Yeah. Another conversation. So why do you think, I mean, you deal with a lot of people just like I do on a regular basis and you find some that, you know, leaders that are willing to empower people, what keeps some from not, do you think? I mean, what, what is it that keeps them from like letting people do their job without fear and concern and worry that they're going to have, you know, that they can't take their hands off of and expect a good result? Well, I mean, control is a big issue. A lot of people have a control issue. But for me, we're always looking for those talented individuals that can lead. Like, where are they within the whole company? Um, I think when you were here, I showed you that we had a guy in the office. His name was Alfredo. He used to put shingles on. Um, that's what he did all day. Tear roofs off, put roofs on. Yeah. And we were able to put him inside the office. So we're constantly looking for that person that wants to take that next step, that's doing a really good job, wherever they may be. And then we put them in those positions. Well, then you'll see those other guys that want that same thing yeah. step up because they saw that you gave the opportunity. So um, the guys that aren't going to do it aren't going to do it. I mean, you can yeah. push people, you can push them and push them, but leaders will step up. You can find them, you can encourage them, but ultimately they gotta they gotta pull their own weight. Yeah, and I saw something, heard somebody say it one time. I wish I could claim it for myself, and to most people I do, but you've probably heard the quote. I can't want more for somebody than they want for themselves. But you've got to pull people to that line and at least give them the idea there's an opportunity. Now, if they fail, they fail. Maybe we retrain them. Maybe they need retraining. Maybe they need repositioning, right? Like I heard y'all do that a lot. People get in, come in at a row, and then you realize, hey, this doesn't fit them. They're not happy with it. So you find them a different place. How do you sort that? inside of your company. I mean, what are the, what are the things that you, you know, help you to like reposition somebody or, you know, retrain them based upon maybe some challenges they're having? I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I, I have this like desire to really improve somebody or give them the best opportunity. Or like I tell everybody who works for me, I can guarantee you leave here better than you came. So I got to really stick to that. So at the end of the day, I'm going to move them around as much as I have to, to give out that, to, to do that. That was my obligation to them. So failure is not an option until, until the, the very end, you know, that individual might be cleaning the grounds around the shop. That's pretty much the last place that I can put you to see where, you know, like I'll move you just about everywhere. That's because I'm committed to giving you every opportunity to succeed. And ultimately you'll work yourself right on out if you don't. Um, and we see that. Many times we move people around and they excel in a job Wait, Like people that most companies would go ahead and say, hey, this, this isn't working and send them on the way. Like for us, man, some of these guys, you put them in that right spot and they are amazing. I, I can tell you right now, I've got a sales guy that was a project manager and he was decent, but it just wasn't his uh, cup of tea. Like it just wasn't yeah. his thing. We put him in sales, and last month he sold a million dollars on his own. Wow! In retail, like, who would have known if we didn't give him the opportunity? 
So what does your hiring process look like that gives you a better shot at retaining people? I mean, you got to be doing something different than just fog in a mirror and you got a clean driver's license come to work here. So what do you all do up front? This may help some guys looking to hire right now because one of the big frustrations that people have is bringing on and the turnover that happens. What are y'all doing on the front side? I'm not saying you get 100% return of, of success, but what are some of the things you do on the front side that help you to retain people on the back side? Well, first of all, we're always looking for people. There's, there's just never stops. And we have probably 20 to 40 people a day looking for a job. Um, especially in, in the re-roof section. But how did we get to that point? Well, what we like to do is we like to come to market like we advertise or we do videos about how great our team is, how amazing our team member is. What we know is 99% of people work for somebody. So if we're out there talking about how great our people are that work here, we're going to sell to that homeowner or that person but we're also going to make it a situation where they're going to want to work for us. So we have a, a large amount of people that want to come work for us to pick from. So right away, you're already you know, in front of everybody else because you can pick and choose who you want to work for you. Because you have a large amount of people. Everybody in my city, I want to work for Eustace Roofing. Not only do they want to work here, but they want to buy from here. But we focus, like we, have, we just did an event today um, where they hide like... It was an Easter, like it was some kind of event where they hide eggs and you win prizes. We have company lunch today. Like we're constantly yeah. doing things and then we're posting that stuff to show what we do here and who we are. So we have a large selection of people that already want to work here. And that's the first step, I believe. So you use social media a little bit differently. I think you use the social media and it's just not to attract new customers but new employees and them seeing the experience of your existing employees is really almost as good or better than a dadgum referral yeah i mean what if you can advertise two in one you're, you're advertising to a future employee and a future um homeowner right like that's the way we look at it and and it works i mean it, it definitely definitely works um like i said most people work for somebody and if they see that you treat your people good they're going to want to work for you uh, and they're going to want to buy from you and so the whole community here in our town, you know, really looks up to us. Businesses look up to us. We help a lot of businesses um, recently um, to succeed and help them get going. And they want to know, how do you do these events for your people? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? And, and to me, like, it's an investment. It definitely is an investment. We're always doing something. I think next week they're going on um, some special little boat tours, the offices, I mean, just consistently doing something where you're building a family and a team where you work. You know what I mean? And so that gets out there. People hear about these things. We help that. We put that out on our social media or yeah. we advertise it in this area. And we got a huge selection to pick from, from people to work here. So talk to me, if you don't mind, about your Christmas party. Um, oh, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, it was like my favorite story that I haven't forgotten and, and give the details of it, kind of what it's like, how it started, and kind of the impact it's had, not just on your workers, but their families. Well, first of all, every time I see local companies or other roofing companies, they post that they had a Christmas party. It's just with their sales team or just with their office. And yeah. you don't think that the people that put those roofs on see those pictures. They have social media. 
Yeah. You know how offensive that is to people that work for you that actually install the product to go on social media and see that you had a Christmas party and they weren't invited. Yeah. So to me, I was like, this is insane. This, like, I think I told you this basically like having an NBA basketball team and saying, Hey, you guys aren't invited to the Christmas party. Only the staff is. All right. You think that team's going to win games? You think they're going to want to have a desire to be the best? They're not. So we looked at it differently. We, so we threw, we throw a Christmas party every year and we invite every single person that works here. And then they bring their family. Wow. Um, and then we have, this year we had a, a ton of prizes that were more geared towards the family to the wives, the kids, the daughters. And so not only is the person that works for us really invested in what we're doing, but also is the kids, also is the spouse. Like they're involved also. So our Christmas party this year, we had 350 people at our Christmas party. We rented out the fairgrounds here. We had Santa Claus here. We did family pictures here. Um, I want to say we had between forty and sixty thousand dollars in prizes, and it's the coolest thing you ever see because some of these kids don't always get a lot, and they're riding around on a bicycle that they won inside the party. Um, you're seeing a gathering of people come together. You're seeing sales guys that are there that they see what they're selling for. When they get to connect with these families and their kids and their daughters, they get to shake their hands. You're going to want to sell. You know what I mean? And so the atmosphere is just, it's mind boggling. Like even for me, like just to be a part of that is just insane, you know, like, um, but also to, to really celebrate the guys that put the roof on. Like I, these guys get left out all the time. And, and, and you call they, them athletes. Yeah, I call them. Yeah, they're, they're definitely athletes. When we look at it, there's no way LeBron James is going to get on a, a Florida roof down here for eight hours a day. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're honoring that skill in a way that most people overlook. And some of us employ relationships. Some, some guys don't have that. And, and you can make whatever excuse people want to for it. But the inclusion that you guys have creates a dynamic that I witnessed, that I saw up close and personal uh, that 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 just reeked of unity and cohesion and strength and people like moving in the same direction. So let, let's say that somebody's listening to this and they don't have forty to $60,000 to invest in a Christmas party. There has got to be ways that people can start. How do they start just to create this kind of culture without having, with, without the budget that, 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 you know, maybe y'all have right now to do something like this. Cause I know well, you didn't number, have that forever. Yeah. Number one's always, always going to be vision. Like if you got a vision, you need to share it with your team. You got to have a vision to begin with. And I've yeah. always had that. Here's where we're going and here's how we're going to do it. Yeah. And here's where I want you to be involved in this. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give something for somebody to strive for. Once they have that vision, then that's, they know where we're heading and then they'll have input and then we can go that direction. But we do all kinds of little stuff too. Like we went to a bowling alley a while back. We didn't cost very much and, and we had the families there and we went bowling for the day. Like it doesn't have to be expensive. It's just the Christmas party is a way to just really celebrate a lot of people. Um, and, and you know, it's always funny. The people that missed it one the year before, they were at this one. You know, like they learned that this isn't a normal Christmas party. Yeah. Um, but really just getting involved with your people. Next weekend, we're doing a an event. It didn't cost us any money. Um, it's called, uh, it's a scavenger hunt on uh, our chain of lakes here. 
So right now, I think we've got 40 boats involved. We set up an event. It didn't cost us anything. We, they're, they're sponsors. And um, we go out, and there's a scavenger hunt in each city, and you take boats, and, and our team's involved. But we set that event up here at Eustis Roofing. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, there's, there's plenty of different angles that you can go at it. But quit looking. You know, one of the number one things is we have other roofing companies that are trying to figure out how do you find all this help. And at the end of the day, when you start advertising, you're looking for laborers, that's the problem. If you start advertising, you're looking for some real athletes that want to put roofs on, it's a whole different mindset. So maybe that's change the way that you're, you're speaking or looking at yeah. it for yourself. But if I go out and I'm doing videos and maybe I'm saying, hey, this is my laborer here, that doesn't really encourage somebody to want to come and work for me. But if yeah. I say, hey, this guy's an athlete, come and join my team. This is an amazing thing that we're doing here. It's going to do two things. It's going to encourage the, the person that wants to work for you, but it's also going to change your mindset. Like you have to really believe it. And when you start saying it, you're going to believe it. If you start calling these guys athletes, you're going to respect them more and it's just going to grow on you. So I think that's an interesting point. I think we classify types of workers and I think we look at some as more valuable than the others. The reality mm -hmm. of it is probably, and forget roofing, I mean, any kind of business that you're running, there are people who do tasks that are just, that go unnoticed that are so important to the overall goal of the company. And in this case, where's Eustace Roofing without your athletes? I mean, you got a bunch of salespeople running around promising a bunch of junk that nobody can ever install. These guys are critical, so I think it's really important. And the lesson here is not whether it's roofing or not roofing, but just the idea of running a business. Everybody, again, we're going back to NASCAR here. Whether you're a tire changer, whether, you know, you know, if you're pulling off that film off the window, I mean, whatever you want to look at it, everybody has a role to do so that we can all enjoy the success together. The problem has been this. Many times we want their role done. We just don't want to participate in the party. Yeah, I mean, think about the NASCAR. Like, the guy changing the wheels is probably the most uh, glorified spot, right? But if you don't pull that windshield tear off, the guy can't see. Who gives a crap about right. whether the wheels are on or not, you know? Right. Yeah, everybody, I think this is an important part of this conversation. I want people to realize that every role you hire for has a definitive responsibility, clearly, but once they do their job, you have to celebrate their lives like you do everybody else's. And that's where collection occurs. That's where unity happens. That's where cohesion. Listen, you don't have to have a lot of money to bring in pizza for your people. You don't have to have a whole lot of money to you know, break bread together. But it cannot be subdivided, in my opinion. Agree? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, when I look back at, at how we created this, I went so hard on the installers that there was one point in time where my office and some of the sales in that area was failing. I had to go, hey, wait a minute. I've got to turn the ship back around and we got to glorify everybody. And yeah. I actually did it backwards. Most companies do it from the front end and then they can't control the back end. I actually went after the roofers and glorified them and talked about how great they were. And I honestly believe it because I put a roof on. And I'm going to tell you, that's a, that's a tough job. But I put so much effort into those guys that I left the rest of my team behind. And then I had an average business in the front end of my business. Like it was average. Then we swung back around and got them involved and started doing events with them and making them part of the process. And now as a whole, 
we're much more powerful than we were before. So it's yeah. a good example of that's exactly how we did it is we involved everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how hard was it to gather organizational buy-in with this concept across the board? I mean, like, I'm sure there were some people who may have disagreed with you or thought, well, maybe we need to focus more on process. How did you get the organizational buy-in? Because there's people listening to this podcast who go like, hey, man, I'm in, but I've got some, you know, we've got people who are <laughs> dead set on processes as a focus. How do you, what would you share with them that may help them become a little bit more balanced? You know, I'm, I'm probably a little backwards on that too. I, I went after the people first and yeah. then set the processes up later. And the people that were so good had a lot better ideas on how to do the processes. So they pretty much built the processes for me. But I will tell you this. Most of the time, businesses have so many – Adam Sand's going to kill me on this. But they have so many processes and procedures that they're not profitable. You know, And so that was a, that's, that's what I see every day is a new company starting up and they're all about processes and procedures. And those are great once you have a way to pay for those. But in the process of doing that, like I see companies that can't grow because they have too many. And so for us, we were just more focused on people. How do we find great people to do a job? And then they would kind of build that process within their job better than I could have even think of. Now we're going back and adding and building some more processes later on at this point in time. And for all my buddies out there who sell processes, do integrations, hey, we love you and we're for you. But here's what I know. If you've got good processes in place and your people, uh, are, your, your people are lacking in quality and in, uh, ability and you don't spend any time with that, the processes are probably going to be underutilized at best. Yeah, so if, you're not, if you don't have the quality, quality people, quality installers, you can do all the processes in the world. you got to have that. And for us, like if you're bringing a guy to a Christmas party, you're including him. He's part of the team. He's on your yeah. social media. And he understands that like we got we to gotta really knock this out of the park because this homeowner is spending their life savings on this project. Like you got to get them so involved. Mine are so involved that I'll get texts all day long of pictures of job sites or they're posting videos on their own social media now showing how awesome – this job, they got to have that vision of we're not here to be the biggest company. We're here to be the best with the best people. And so once they can, that's why I always say, I think the vision is, is, is really, really important. Like showing the vision. My vision isn't who can do the most roofs. My vision is how can I save the most homeowners from a bad roofer, right? Like I can't do that on a large scale uh, or a small scale if I'm only doing one or two houses a week. So I had to build that process, but I had to make sure that the people that worked for me believed in what I wanted to do, which was be the best. And that when I start getting pictures all day long of where they cut a, cut around and made it a round instead of square, like made a really cool look to it, it changes everything. So let me ask you this. Man, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. So other than celebrating people's lives and the job that they do, is there any – I mean, do y'all build – a different compensation model to where people are rewarded even financially for whatever the you know um, uh, reward would require. I mean, do y'all do that as well? Yeah. So one of our biggest rewards or compensations is a happy customer. That's one of the number one things we do. We have a system set up where it rates every employee and how they um, integrated with the customer. And there's a there's, there's a fill out form for the customer to fill it out. It's all digitized, but um, 
and it kind of puts like a leaderboard, show who has the best customer service. Um, and then it also, like when, when they do a really good job, it debits money into a credit card for that employee through the system. So we're not just focused on who sold the most, who brought in the most money. We quit focusing on those things. Who serviced the customer the best? And in the middle of doing that, it grows into the, the uh, team member that's working for you. Like he starts to really be involved in it and it changes the way that he looks at the customer. He's there to be a service to that customer. And that's how we kind of do our payouts. Uh, and we also have things like there's a checklist on every roof and if they fulfilled all these obligations and they, they got a, there's a score that they get on it, that goes back to that group as you know they get extra dollars per square on that. But ultimately we're looking for satisfied customers and you can see that on our um, our Google reviews we have that you can see and sometimes they'll mention the employee by name but we have a system set up that um, compensates for happy customers yeah which is your ultimate target right I mean that's oh what my you, God. you know everything else is kind of a moving target but that <laughs> that uh, customer satisfaction keeps you in business it really does a uh, couple other things and I'll let you go but what you know you mentioned something earlier that was interesting to me when you were talking about you know people skills and you know people uh, you, know, uh, be, you know really taking care of others whether they're a customer or a fellow employee or whatever I saw a statistic not long ago that uh, Harvard Harvard and Stanford did together and they surveyed the top 100 what they consider one of the top 100 leaders in the country and asked them what was the reason for their success. And I thought about this when you were talking and they said the number one, 85% of the reason they're successful was because they had developed and prioritized people and soft skills. How do we deal with one another? How do we relate to one another? And how do we help one another? And once, that, I mean, that was ingrained in them and practiced in them and they said that only 15% of their success was due to hard skill development, which was the technical and tactical side of it. When you look at Estus, Eustace Roofing, let me ask you something. How would you break down the percentage of success based upon what you're seeing day to day? What, what makes it, why, why are you all so successful? I think it's because we all help each other within the company. We're all focused on each other and then taking care of the homeowner. So for us, like you, that's, that's 100% right. Like when I started this deal, I was on my own. I didn't have a backup. I didn't have somebody to help me. There wasn't that. Yeah. Now I know whenever there's an issue, we can do it as a team. It feels much better. Like I want to approach that, that problem because I have a team that can solve it. Um, I'm not on my own. And so if you can create that for your employees, or your team members to come to work where they have that same thing, they're gonna to wanna to come to work. They know they're not gonna face it alone. But second is we actually do um, where you go around and you see what the other person's job is like. So like we might have a project manager. Well, someone in the office will do a day and ride with the project manager to learn his job so that they have respect for each other's jobs because a lot of times you'll people don't understand what that person goes through through the day. They don't have compassion for maybe the difficulties that they have. So we do a lot of um, job shadowing and that really makes a big difference because it's everybody's kind of working together. But that, I, I couldn't think of a better system than what you just said. That's exactly um, what I believe too is, is makes us successful, the same thing that they did the study on.
I love that shadowing approach because sometimes, you know, I've been in sales my whole life and in leadership and, you know, sometimes you get in your bubble and you go like, I'm really good at this and I'm protected. And the fact of the matter is you may be protected, but that does not mean that there's advancement inside the organization, which is going to keep all of us employed, right? And so being able to know, and I've, I've practiced this a couple times in my life, I put on a couple roofs, let me rephrase that. I've carried up bundles for guys putting up on, <laughs> putting stuff on roof. I've got up there with them because I really wanted to sense what they were going through, right? Mm-hmm. Like I ate lunch with them. I, you know, I, we, we got, I got there at the same, I mean, I was on their crew and they finally showed me, you know, like nailing the shingles and then getting up in the attics that were 130 ambient. I mean, just understanding what those guys did gave me and then I made them ride with the sales guys right like just understanding I met, I, I let them kind of see how billing went and how you know uh, collections went and all aspects of the business if people aren't shadowing they're making a mistake because the buy-in you can get at that level you can't pay for it's just like people see it they spend time again together there's a greater level of respect and we all move forward yeah I mean it's mainly about respect I mean, if yeah. someone feels respected, they're going to be better at what they do. And I'll give you an example. I had a, a guy that um, was an installer for many years, and he hated all the project managers because he's like, oh, they just drive around in their air-conditioned truck all day. Yeah. And he had worked so well that we made him a project manager, and he turned back around after two months, and he's like, I'd rather work on the roof. This is too stressful. Yeah. Um, ultimately, in the end, we let him work back on the roof, but then he came back to a project manager, and he has so much more respect yeah. for everybody else after he experienced that. He actually um, went back and talked to all the roofers and let them know, like, hey, man, this job is difficult. This isn't something that you're probably going to want to do. It's, it's a lot harder than it looks. And then there be, developed this respect. And at the end of the day, like for me, even if I was to roll up to a job right now and they need a bundle of shingles, I'm not going to throw it off the back of my truck and say, see you later. I'm going to bring it up on the roof, put it on the roof, and then I'm going to hand out a bag of Gatorades. Like, start thinking about, you know, like, how can I make this process easier? Like, it's going to be easier for me if they respect me, if I can stop and buy them some drinks on the way there. Like, some little tiny things like that, or if I'm going to carry those shingles all the way up the ladder, they're going to respect you. Yeah. Listen, this is a team sport, and I'm not talking about just roofing, but business. I mean, it's like, yeah. so we started out with NASCAR. We've talked about business. You know, all of these, are, these are the same elements that work in any, you know, any genre of life you're looking at. If there's relationships with people involved, dude, this, these principles you've shared and talked about today are good for families. You know, do we look at our wives and our husbands with respect that reflects the right way on our children do we respect our children do we you know i mean there's just community build here through these principles that i think is very very important last couple things i want to ask you the first one is this i know in dealing with people there's going to be pain right i mean you there comes with people there's coming with people is going to be some pain and some frustrations and some disappointments how have you kept yourself from getting bitter or your organization getting kind of given the stank eye, so to speak, to the process because of maybe some of the failures of people in the past and how it's affected the company. Yeah, so that's a great one there. Um, I'm always investing in myself. Like I'm always going to conferences. I'm always 
um, leadership for myself. Like I'm investing yeah. in that to, and if you're not doing that, you, you, you can't survive. I mean, it's a lot of stress. Um, you're dealing with a lot of individual issues. Um, you've got to have a way to build yourself up so that you can be that leader that you're called to be. Like it's 100% with outside of this, um, I do a lot. Um, I have a coach that I meet with um, to kind of go over my struggles and ways to solve those problems. But um, you know, to me, you gotta be investing in yourself constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just have to realize that people are gonna fail and you don't throw the baby out with the wash, right? I mean, you just, a part I think that some people overlook is that as much as you love people and wanna bless people and wanna grow people, people are going to fail just like I have, right? And, you know, being able to say, yeah, this is someone that failed, this is a situation that happened, understanding hopefully how it doesn't have to repeat itself, it's just a process of growth. And so, you know, when we're dealing with people, there's a huge opportunity for us to be disappointed because of failures and mistakes. But the thing that I wanna encourage people that are hearing this today, is just realize that one bad apple really doesn't spoil the whole bunch. And in y'all's case, for example, y'all have moved forward. I'm sure you've had some bad experiences with people, but you've just stayed focused on people and helping them grow and develop. And, you know, for anybody who may be listening to this, who maybe are looking to become more people-centered in their business, what would you suggest to them as we close, Jason? I mean, one of the things I just was thinking when we talked about respect a minute ago, think about this. You were talking about respect within the family, right? When a husband or a wife respects each other, guess what's happening? There's two people, three people, whatever, how many other kids you have watching. And I think at the end of the day, someone's always watching. No matter who that person, everybody should be treated with respect. Yeah. And people are always watching. And that, in return, is going to give you what you're looking for, a team, because you're giving respect out. And when I when you talk about um, failures or somebody making a mistake or something like that, typically we look at that as an opportunity. You know, wow. we sit down, we discuss it. Hey, I'm not mad because this happened. I'm mad because, or I think that you're greater than this and we can do better than this. And I see you moving up. So we had that happen the other day and it turned into an opportunity and the guy's better than he's ever been. But he failed at something we looked at it and we found a better way to do it and now he's in a much better position. So my main thing is, is no matter who you're talking to, whether it's somebody at the gas station, no matter where you go, if you treat them with respect, your employees, your team members, they're always watching. It's always going to get back to them, always. And you just got to be that leader of respect. Yeah. So Jason, thank you so much for being with me today. Tell us a little bit about if people need to get a uh, get a hold of one of you guys down at, at, uh, at the company what's the best way to reach out and they maybe you're where are you at I know I know where you're at but for people who don't know where Eustace is talk, tell them a little bit about where, where you're at in Florida yeah we're in central Florida so we're like an hour inland from Orlando we're like dead center of the the state yeah. um, we're between the Orlando and Ocala um, the best way to get a hold of us is through our social media um, I've got my own page Jason Reisman and then also Eustace Roofing has a page. Um, we get a ton of people through there, roofers, um, other businesses. Um, we also have uh, another company that we have, it's called Black Sheep, and it comes in and it helps uh, businesses 
focus on people, um, some of their marketing um, to, to really give them a better aspect. How to? I can't tell you how many people are looking for uh, team members, people to come work for them. It's a, it's a huge um, need right now. And for, for the, the little things that we've done, like I said, we, we've got 20 or 40 people a day looking for a job, and it makes our job a lot easier. So we're, we want to give that information out and help other people. Well, Jason, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you're doing, uh, not just as a company, but as a person and the leadership role that you have taken and really the culture that you're building. So, again, thanks so much, and maybe we'll get to see a NASCAR event together sometime. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, man, thank you so much, Jason. Have a great day. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.